And welcome back to Crow Medicine, friends. Picking up where we left off in Psychopomp Stories, Becoming Me, Part 1, a little reminder of where we were. At this point in time, 2012 had just happened. I, as a person, had been all along working to establish myself as a social anthropologist and was doing great at that. When the Mayan calendar date of prophecy occurred, an energy ripple did move through the universe. And I talk a little bit more about that in one of my other podcasts, Turning of the Decade and Seasons. You can listen to that for more detail. At that time, I was in Ireland, which is my soul home, one of two. And I experienced a major soul evolution or change where I all of a sudden was a very different person. And that is largely due to where I was and the energy ripple that rippled through the earth. And so the last that you heard from me in the previous installment was I had just spent my time, a lot of study hours, traveling through Ireland and other parts of Europe, but mostly Ireland, and listening to the earth and picking up and finding information and pieces that my soul had left behind for me. And this is something that I continued to do for a number of years. And that motivated a lot of my journeys because you see the earth is an energy system and the earth is an information system. And one of the things that is a benefit of being able to hear and read the earth like I can is that you can find information that it's stored in its system. And as you are connecting to that information, you are able to learn things automatically that you would otherwise have to read a lot of books to figure out or that you may not ever be able to really feel connected to if you were just only working with the information that we have in this reality. And so one of the things that I began doing at that time and that you will hear a lot about in the rest of this episode and story and for the rest of my life is I realized that I am a person who understands how to hear sacred sites. And so sometimes those are ones that are built by people. And other times those are ones that are related more to the energy structure of the land. And not only can I hear them, I repair them and I clear them of negative energetic infiltration. Because as I also learned very dearly, very quickly after 2012, and I learned and experienced a lot in this next part of the journey that you're going to hear about in this installment is that there were and still are less now many spiritual beings who were working to enslave our planet and 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 specifically to target people like me who have been always involved in its freedom and that's why a part of me was trapped in another place which i mentioned in the last podcast so basically for me once i got myself back together and once i got to ireland and once 2012 happened I got my wits about myself and I was like, oh, yeah, okay, okay, I'm Katie Indy Crow. This is who I am. I'm I'm a person that takes care of this universe and that has, I am here right now because crazy stuff has been happening and it's my spiritual duty to protect the people of this planet specifically who are being messed with so that they have a chance to heal and free their souls um, with their free will choices, right? Because that's how this all has to work. And so all of a sudden, all of these experiences that I had had in my childhood by the age of about 28, 29 started snapping in. And I started realizing <clears throat> that all of those challenges that I had met, like cancer and, you know, not being able to go depression. And there were many more that I didn't talk about because it wasn't, who wants to hear poor me story? Just, you know, I had always really met the dark side of people 
and put a lot of energy and love into people only for people to violently lash out and put their worst crap on me. A lot of that had to do with who I am as a soul and the fact that even as a child, even as a person who was young and even as I wasn't, you know, fully aware of what I was doing, I was always really high vibrational. And usually if you're around me, even if you're viewing me on a podcast or Facebook or Instagram or you meet me in life, there are a chance that I have some kind of positive um, positive energy thing for you. And oftentimes it's a part of your soul. And so sometimes people react to that very well. Sometimes people don't. I really started figuring that out around the age of 28 or 29, which really helped me to find peace with myself because to be honest, being my, me, I was always this. I just didn't know it yet. <laughs> and I was like any good sci-fi movie, learning how to become an anthropologist is what they all do. And why? Because not only does it give you the skills to understand structures of thought and, and gives you the skills to deconstruct yourself and to deconstruct the world around you. I'm like a Foucauldian nerd. I love post-structuralist philosophy. I think it's really important to be able to get to the foundations of why we feel and experience the way that we do. And so all of the theory that I studied in my life actually really helped me to understand metaphysics and the metaphysics of personality and how soul works. And so when you hear me talking about soul personality and soul wounds and finding out who your soul is and unifying with yourself. And part of the reason why I talk about it as so important is because a lot of the troubles that we have in our lives is because we just haven't figured that out yet. And the more that we just embrace who we are, whatever that is, the more it's all going to make sense. And so for me at the time, leaving Ireland, you know, post 2012, which is where we're at in the story, was the hardest thing I ever had to do in this life. So far anyway, well, at that point. And I had to go to Halifax, <clears throat> which is where I was going to university and where my jobs and my responsibilities were. And I had to go back to work and I had to go back to you know, from having this mystical, powerful, beautiful experience in Ireland where I was one person, I had to go back to Halifax. Oh, where I was still that other Katie. And I didn't like what living that other Katie's life was anymore. If you recall in the last podcast, I mentioned that my academic life to that point had been amazing. And it was. Um, this is where it really started to hit the skids. I had one amazing mentor who was instrumental in even keeping me going as long as I did. And I thank him. And he provided the positivity in that world for me and is the light to which I will hopefully one day get to walk again. I really do hope I work with him again. There's still the love there. I didn't burn that bridge, but I did burn a number of other ones, which I freely admit when I left. And, you know, it, at the time I came back to school and I just saw all of the worst things about the academic world. I had two highly exploitative bosses. I got treated like a secretary by someone whenever my boss went out on maternity leave there was a man who was a community partner he wanted to do illegal stuff with a research project and you can't find any evidence of what that research project is because i've scraped it from my records i wouldn't allow them to be traced like that so don't bother looking but it's just you know what i mean um just a lot of really bad stuff happened and i realized that at the same time that all that was going on you know, truth be told, I had like a dark night of the soul for about two years. And it was related to, you know, me still believing in this academic dream, but me also knowing that there was this soul calling and this soul life and this other stuff that was supposed to be happening that I was supposed to be paying attention to. And, you know, during that time, um, I 
was really violently and viciously attacked by people in the spiritual community um, who knew and could see my soul and who I was better than I could yet. And I learned a lot about the dark side of that. And so really the first few years of returning to Nova Scotia, which was also the ancestral home of a lot of karma of Acadians, you know, my people lived there and then we didn't. And it wasn't a nice removal protocol. All I felt for so many years was just pain and disappointment. And um, that taught me a lot about the world. <laughs> and I know, remember I said, don't feel sorry for me. Please don't. I mean, it was awful and it was lonely. And the only friends I really had were trees and birds. And that's, again, how I learned how to find myself. They're part of the thing about becoming somebody like me and learning how to be a psychopomp. You know, somebody had read out a question, you know, how do I do this? And it's, you know, it's a process. And it's sometimes it's not a nice process. Because, you know, the thing about being a psychopomp and the thing about being a healer and being able to heal the codes of the planet and the energy system of the planet is that, you know, with every single interaction comes an energy code. And so I specifically put myself in the line of crap year after year, day after day, time after time. And I gained as many codes as I could. And in addition to being attacked and, and yeah, just in the process of that, I had a really terrible time. And so for a couple of years, I just kind of was in limbo and I just was trying to finish my PhD, but I was, had to work at the same time. And just, although my work was great and my mentor was amazing, the only thing that mattered, like the only good thing about school at that point was him. And so as 2016 rolled around and, you know, yet another thing messed up, I just started to realize that it was time for me to start thinking really seriously about letting the dream go. And so on December 21st, 2016, I got out of my last teaching contract and I left university. Snapshot 2016. I was finally Katie Indy Curl, although I didn't really know fully what that meant. It was time to focus fully on the plant, for better or for worse, whatever that meant. <laughs> and that no matter what I thought I might have been doing until that point, it just didn't matter anymore because it was always what my reality was meant to be. So for those of you who remember from Psychopomp Stories, Part one, closing gate down in New York. Psychopomps do not only deal with people who are not alive, and they do not only deal with people who are on the other side. Some psychopomps also support souls, um, making positive transformations in their lives. And in the case of me, leading groups of souls to make positive transformation in their lives. And one of the main things that my soul knew I was supposed to do, and so I guess I figured it out, was I was supposed to be gathering people together as a big group to help us prepare for shifting the energetic vibration of the planet. And so this is really where this all started in, in this lifetime. Probably about 2014, there was a bit of an overlap where I was writing as an anthropologist and working as an anthropologist and also pu being publicly Katie Indy Crow. And so as I released the anthropologist part for a few years, I was able to really focus on the planet thing, which was 
important. You know, it wasn't like I just left the anthropology thing behind because it was too hard to do. In fact, that would have been the easier thing to do. What I knew was happening was that there was, uh, we had a certain window that we had to meet to free the planet and the souls of the planet and also this universe from a very nasty energy that had come to overtake it. And you've heard me talk about this before. So this is the time where that really had to happen. And so, as I mentioned in the last segment, leading into me identifying myself as this, I had talked to other people who were spiritual leaders in our community because that's what an academic does, right? You talk to other people who are good at doing what you're doing and you try to learn that way. Yeah, that's not always the safe thing to do in the spiritual community because some people who have set themselves up as experts are actually um, ma manipulative evil people. And so I ran into a couple of them and I for a long time blamed myself for it. And now I just know that in many ways I was seeing what the universe needed to see and acting as its instrument. And I'm sure that those people will be meeting their actions soon if they haven't already. That's how this works. So for me, there was a big um, group. I came forward and I said, great workers of the world unite. And if you go look for that term, you're going to find a lot of bullshit because there's a lot of lying behind it. So don't bother. I'm just going to say it now. <laughs> I'm just going to straight talk. Um, and so I came up and I, I brought together thousands of people. And my whole thing was, okay, I know how to hear the earth. The earth is talking to me. Um, I hear the universe too. So I know that right now what I need to do is I need to teach people how to power up the earth and how to reconnect the earth with the universe. And we're going to do that. And we're going to do that together on purpose. And a lot of us did that for a couple of years. And so this is where it started getting really fun for a while. Um, and so you, if you're a fan of mine and you know me from then, that's whenever I started doing the traveling. So I went on the road for about, what was it? Four years from 2016 till 2019 or till 2020. I was on a trip basically right up until we couldn't be on trips anymore. And uh, during that time, it was traveling to sites in the Netherlands, Belgium, Ireland, France, England, um, United States, Canada, and meeting the people who were taking care of the land there. So I did make some really good friends out there. And shout out to all of you. I hope you're all right. In the process of doing that, I also saw and learned how the energy system of the planet worked. So that is a part. And, and so in that, in so doing, I also remembered a lot of my sacred knowledge of really being involved in building it. And so that's why you hear me talking about myself as a gate master. Uh, I've been doing this for a very long time. And this is also why I had to stop talking for a few years because, you know, people don't realize it. I'll say it now since we're telling a story. This is the story of being a psychopomp. It's not that fun sometimes. And for our community, because we were powerful, probably around 2018, 2019, a mind virus or three, it was three mind viruses, got dropped into the grid worker, specifically energy field. And the reason why it happened is because we were doing such a great job together. We had already busted the planet out of 3D. So you might hear people talking about third density. That was the matrix. We busted out of that. And we've been shifting energy out of that ever since. We achieved the fifth dimension harmonic in like 2018, 2017, 2018. And then we've been moving beyond it ever since. And so during that time, what we were doing was rapidly closing gateways of the nefarious stuff. We were healing the planet. We were healing the archetypes. We opened up so many things. We did such a good job. It was amazing. And then, bam, 
we got attacked and it was by more than one person and it was pretty bad and some people still don't even realize that it happened and then right after that attack happened COVID did and so um in the years between there and now like between 2016 and 2020 you know we had this rapid transformation where a whole big huge group of us came together and we were achieving all of this success and we were healing the planet really rapidly and my role was very much in that and so I opened a school I created hundreds of hours of open access education material that I placed on YouTube and really how I made my living was off of the donations of my community so I would travel the world healing the planet and teaching people how to do it as I went and teaming up with others and the whole idea was that no matter what happened we would be able to hear our souls and hear the planet and we would be able to you know save ourselves from the bad things that happened and in the process of doing that I met a lot of the people who were actually hurting the planet and that wasn't very fun and so in that in that case you know being a psychopomp my job became to focus very heavily and exclusively on taking care of the planet because for me I understood that eventually people would be able to see what had happened and free themselves and or that we had achieved enough work by that point that things were going to be all right you know December 2019 we had the transition into solar cycle 25 and that really marked that we were going to be fine we had achieved all our goals until then and it was at that time that the last and probably the most powerful mind virus got dropped in and people got really distracted by politics and hatred not that politics is wrong but like just stupid stuff and fighting with each other and just attacking each other and people got all of the shit that they were supposed to be healing from the planet in them and it just became really bad and so yeah i had no choice but to go from a person who was traveling the world healing and meeting people and doing you know living this beautiful life to being a person who had an unimaginable amount of weight to carry because i have managed to keep myself mostly clear of the mind virus i did have to heal it because i got targeted really bad by it so there was energy i had to shift to and that's part of how i knew how it worked f you um but you know it it was it was really bad and you know just right around the time that all of that happened though one of the most inspirational things that happened to me also did and that is that my father died and i don't want to sully his story with this segment so snapshot katie <laughs> this is the beginning of 2020 i had just lived an amazing four years traveling the planet and healing it and meeting so many beautiful people and their children and their dogs and their cats and the trees and i saw the potential of what we're doing and i knew that as we continued on it was going to be all right but i also at 2020 was very acutely aware um that something wasn't right <laughs> and i had yet another i was just you know walking into another one of those major transformations in life so the whole time i had been traveling the world 
course I had been being a psychopomp. And this also includes the astral travels. Because you see, there were huge pileups of people and souls either stuck in energetic space connected to life happenings on Earth or being held by nefarious evil entities that were holding their souls and keeping them as like entrapped and or there were just people that didn't have anyone to cross them safely and you need someone to move you certain parts of the universe because it's just how the gates are set up and that's how this works and so I you know obviously during my life have always been doing it but there were years where I wasn't fully myself yet so I wasn't at full power I and it wasn't it's not safe to do these things Anyway, I don't know what happened to all the other ones, but I found myself finding and feeling the responsibility and the weight of these souls um, calling really strongly at the beginning of 2020. And I had an, inst an inspirational thing happen in that my father died. And in that moment, I fully saw just how I had been walking the rights this whole time. And so his soul says it's cool for me to tell this story, and I will in small detail, you know, my father was an amazing person. I'm one of those people that gets to say I had a great dad. I have a great dad. And, you know, I didn't get to spend a lot of time with him in my life because the things that were trying to attack me to kill me so that I never got to the point where I'd be able to help the universe um, really, really tried to hurt my family too. So I stayed away from my family for most of my life. And I actually have been a recluse and stayed on my own a lot in these last years because what I've had to deal with is so dangerous that I just, the best thing to do is to focus on it and just get it done and that eventually I'd be here like I am right now where I get to tell the story and I get to reintegrate into society and it's going to be fun. So this is like therapy for me. So dad, on an alignment date of Uranus, um, had an accident at work and you know, in the time in the space between that and his death, I was, I had already been an advanced energy healer. You know, I do, I used to do that. I don't do soul healing sessions anymore because I just needed to focus on what I'm doing for the earth right now. And it's too much for people. <laughs> but when I was working with my father, um, you just see so much when the person that you love most in the world is dying and you see a lot about what's happening in their energy body and in their energy field. And so he let me study him and it was a really sad experience because just terrible things happened with other members of the family. So I actually didn't get to be with him when he died or go to his funeral or anything like that. But that's kind of a psychopomp thing. Um, sometimes you don't go to the funeral <laughs> and sometimes you don't want to see the people after they're dead because it means that they might not be coming back. For me, I can walk souls in and out and there are people who live again. And that all depends on who you are and what you're like and how the universe feels about you, really. God, I guess, if you want to call it. There is a judgment day. There sure is. Frig is. So live right, my friends, because it does make an impact. And anyway... When it was time for dad to make his journey, I was in a different place. I was in a different province. But just how I'd known he had an accident, I knew that it was his time. So, you know, I woke up that morning and I just said, you know, I was messaged my mom and or I looked at my phone and she had called me. And I was like, yeah, okay, you get the call. 
You know what that means? So I just said, he, she said, are you going to be able to make it over here? And I said, nope, he's going to go and he's going to go now and within the next hour or so. And so I knew because at that point, the Banshees had already appeared to me. So for those of you who don't know, the Banshees are an order of beings who support kin and family of souls of certain certain kin groups, certain beings, um, as they are making their transition. And so Celtic roots um, are associated with them. And so we have those on one side of the family. On one side, I'm Acadian. and one side, I'm not. <laughs> and so um, the Banshees came and they played and sang the most beautiful music I ever heard. And they sat with me until it was time. And as they sat with me and brushed my hair, I just knew that I was also a banshee, which I had always suspected, especially because of a certain tone of voice I can reach. And I just like, I knew that it was me that was going to go get him. And so of all the souls that I had walked, alive, dead, coming in, going out, of course I would take my father because who else better to do it than me? So I got to receive him. Our family dog was there. So if you were ever wondering about animals, they also have an afterlife. And they will wait for you sometimes if it's in their journey too. Sometimes they have other stuff to do, so they got to go. But uh, he waited for me, Bentley. And we went and we got dead. And my grandmother was there. She died just a few days before I had my cancer surgery. So, you know, my family has been intricately interconnected to all of this for more than one lifetime and I guess I honor them in telling this part of the story now somebody usually dies before a big world event <laughs> and it's because we helped them and so my grandmother went the day before September 11th 2001 and then I came a new part and then for dad uh he took his walk I think the day the first COVID infection was recorded and in that moment when I walked my dad over to the other side and I let him go, you know, so that he could do his processing, I also gained one of the most valuable teammates. But I also knew at that point that what I had just done for him, I was going to need to do for the world at a really big scale because, like I said, within a few weeks, um, the global COVID outbreak started. And I think I'll put that in its own segment. So snapshot, we're still in 2020. My dad just died and I just realized I was a banshee. And even though I had known I was walking the souls and doing all this stuff, all this time, I finally realized what those dreams were. I finally knew what I was doing. You know, in those dreams, remember I mentioned them in the first episode. Those dreams of running and moving and walking and taking people through fields all along. At first, I was being chased, and then I became the walker. Metaphysically speaking, I had had, the, I had had those dreams pretty much every night of my life until this time. And when I realized, finally, I'm a psychopomp, 100%. This is really what I'm doing all the time. And the responsibility I feel is to create safe spaces for souls to go and to be. And so 
at that point on, I stopped training everything that I had been training to that point, And I wrote and got ready for Soul Compass, Pathways to Conscious Self-Connection. And the reason I felt that it was so important to do that is because everybody deserves the ability to be able to create the space to walk themselves home. Okay, so still 2020. A lot happened that year, and in a way, this is what was expected. Remember I said that in 2019, we had the transition from solar cycle 24 to 25. This is where astrology and science overlap. So at the same time, the solar cycles have a lot to do with the lesson scopes that we're learning um, at a particular time in our harmonic cycle. And so this is also where astrology, everything that I talk about comes to play in examples like this. So As we were transitioning out of one solar cycle into another, we were also transitioning from one age to the other. So the transition into the age of Aquarius is taking a little while. It's not something that happens in a day or a month or a year. This is a phase of transition that we are in. And so the first two years of the transformation from solar cycle 24 to 25, interestingly, there was um, a period of solar activity that was, there was a lull period that this scientists think maybe shouldn't have been there, which is something I'll talk about in a future time. But as we were moving forward into that transformation, just so happened that COVID came up. And with it, of course, came a lot of different energy. I'm not going to talk about any of the stuff about the material reality because that's a really good way to get yourself canceled and deplatformed. Uh, what I am going to say is that when the energy of that came up, it brought forward a lot of things in the human collective experience to heal. And it brought up a lot of, for people to heal that was rippling around still somewhere in our collective field. So like the plague and fear of the plague, um, the witch hunt energy was super bad. You might remember that. Um, different times where we have had um, ideological reality shaped with very specific campaigns because uh, that's just that's how government and state works, right? So we were dealing with all of that energy coming up. And at the same time, if you were listening to my astrology reports, which were basically the only thing I kept going because the attacks from my community, like from the people around me were so bad at the time that once dad died and after about a year of COVID, I just went quiet. I'll talk more about that in this section and why. But as we were kind of moving into this, yes, a lot came up. And yes, there was a lot for collective healing. And so I had been training a group of like a couple thousand of light workers for a few years um, and doing all of the teaching people how to raise the vibration of the planet and stuff. And I also had just had this super intense experience with dad and the psychopomp thing. And I also knew that we were at this point where the planet was making an awesome transformation. So my whole thing was let's stay focused on the awesome transformation. Let's help these souls who are dying in fear because that's what was happening to people. You know what I mean? Like being in a hospital, and I'm sorry if this is triggering, but this is just reality and this is my reality. Being in a hospital alone like that and not having anyone there and not even being able to see a priest and having your body put wherever, not good for the soul. And I just want to give a shout out to my husband who's been integral in doing all of this with me because, you know, I'll say this for the first time ever. He and I during COVID would just like, we're in um, Eastern America. We would just drive around <laughs> by the major hospitals and by the places where we knew where the people were just helping the souls. Because for us, just we wanted to make sure that they got to a dignified home space. You know what I mean? Like for us, that was just everything. And so 
that's what we focused on. And, you know, all of this crazy stuff started happening in the world. And so, you know, me as a teacher, me as a psychopomp, me as a person, I had always taught my people and myself, you know, we are probably going to face some transition stuff and we're going to have to learn how to hold realities down. You know what I mean? And we're going to have to live in that love and live in that highest harmonic and make sure that no matter what happens, we're always going to create the space of that reality because of how a reality transformation happens. It's like planting a seed. So some people will be familiar with just ideas of earlier groups of people awakening, like indigos. So a lot of you are actually in the indigo generation. The people who listen to this podcast are of that age. And we are the people who are the seed holders and the seed anchors of this new generation of energy. And I don't want anybody to feel like worried about that. <laughs> you know, anytime anybody feels responsibility or an energy, I just see them go, ah, so don't worry. <laughs> you just have to manage yourself, really. That's it. And just try to be a good person. That actually does a lot in this world. And if some of you are scientists or creators or builders and you are building cool stuff that's energy efficient or on these new principles, even better because that's cool. We're going to be doing that too. And so will the children and the next generation, but we also can't wait for them to do everything because that's really on cool way to put on them because <laughs> things do not get better while we're waiting. They get worse. And so during the COVID years and during that time, like 20 to 20 to 2022, I mentioned it, but you know, the best thing in this life that ever happened to me happened. And that was that I reconnected with my husband and when I say reconnected, that doesn't mean we were in a relationship and broke up in this life. It means that he and I are in an eternal partnership and that as long as we have been here, we have been riding it together. And, you know, um, for us, we, you know, I knew that as putting myself out there on the Internet and leading all these groups and doing all this cool stuff that I was doing, uh, I knew that my husband would eventually I knew that the people who would need to find me would. So over the years. I did find the people who were the architects of energy and we did learn how to plant the seeds and hold the light. And as it so happened, a person who was a fan of my blog, she might be listening to this podcast, was at a, my husband randomly was injured uh, after leaving Ireland. He and I were doing simultaneous ceremony in 2019. I was connecting to the masculine and healing the masculine energy in England. And at the same exact time, he was in Ireland waiting for me and I just couldn't make that trip. So anyway, he comes back to America, has an accident and the accident leads him to this, this retreat. And at this retreat is a person who is one of my fans or one of the people who was working with me. And so this person says, you got to check out Katie Indie Crow. So he, he is referred to my work and, you know, he waited, I think four or five months before he contacted me. And when he did, it wasn't like, <laughs> it was like, hi, my name is Mike and I'm working on healing my soul. And it was, it was totally in a student teacher thing. And he just knew that I was the teacher that was supposed to help him figure out who he was and how to reunify his soul. So this is the coolest thing. So, you know, um, we meet and we have a session. And I have always had this like strict policy. I don't believe in sexual. I just don't believe that you should be having intercourse with your students. I don't believe in any kind of relationality like that with the people that you're teaching. That's gross. And that's, you know, maybe something that codes of conduct is really important to me because I think it keeps us safe and I think it, they exist for a reason. And so I always governed myself as a teacher by the same ethical code I was governed by at a university. And so in our session, this like I had done sessions with thousands of people before and his and my soul like 
started to twist together. I was like, wow, what's that? <laughs> and, you know, so we had the session and then I dumped him as my student. And then after I dumped him as my student, we had the real conversation and we realized that we were what we were, we realized that we were what we are and that we we're going to have to find a way to come back together because it was still the middle of COVID <laughs> and it was no travel time. And so we're still in 2020 and, you know, all of the worst stuff has just happened and we're trying to hold it down and I just meet my husband again. And so lo and behold, uh, by some miracle, I got on an airplane and I got into America and we were united. And uh, a few months later after that, we got married. And if I could say anything that was wonderful and the best part of my cycle pump journey or anything I ever did on this earth, it was that. Because once that happened, everything else could, everything else just got easier. You know, I don't know if any of you have ever had to carry a lot of a load by yourself. And especially when you were separated from someone you were supposed to be with. Um, but when you can be with someone that you can trust and that you can rely on and that is honest and has high integrity and is spiritually very powerful, it is a really wonderful thing. And so at what was most definitely the hardest time of work I ever had and the most hard time for humanity that we've had for a very long time, I was so fortunate to be having the best experience of my many lifetimes, which was reunifying with him. So after meeting my husband and remarrying, because we had been married in other lifetimes to one another, everything in our lives started getting um, a lot better. And at the same time, the responsibilities of what was going on around us started to get really heavy. And so this is kind of one of those times where being me wasn't very fun. You know, part of being a psychopomp in the universe means making sure that things that are trying to interfere with our free will process of transformation here are stopped. And it also means making sure that people who are stuck places because of it get unstuck. And so the social agreement really around how that used to work is that I would meet those people in the real world and they would, you know, come and take courses and learn how to take care of themselves or donate to my services or support me financially in some way. And so I always had, you know, a nice flow of income. I had loving relationships and I got to experience a lot of the really positive parts of being a psychopomp and taking care of the planet and doing everything that I did. As soon as I came to America, things got really hard and really awful. And I felt honestly like I was being punished energetically for the last few years and I'm not complaining about it. It's it's I'm not complaining about it at all, to be to be honest. But I will be very frank to say that things were so heavy in America that we made the choice as a household that if I was going to be able to lift the energy and heal the land the way that it was messed up down here. And this is I'm not trying to blame anybody. Please know that I'm not saying Americans are bad. I love Americans and that I also love the land of America. And this is where I own a home. This is where I live. And I have dedicated my life fully to working here. When I came down here, you know, my job really in another sense is 
I fixed in I fixed the land and because so much had happened here, which will become the psychopomp stories, you know, like the the war that I talked about in Psychopomp Stories One, closing the gate to hell in New York. Um, what I found thing after thing after thing after thing, it was just, you know, like remnants of slavery, remnants of what was going on before that, remnants of wars, remnants of everything. And because of where I live in the world in America, which is the central part of where it all was going on. I just started doing what I had to do to heal the land. So I started going from site to site to site to site, raising the vibration, focusing a lot on the war sites to make sure that anybody of the masculine archetype was going to be able to integrate, but also focusing a lot on healing where the wounding of the feminine archetype would have happened. And that, to be honest, for me was very difficult and is very difficult because I can, you know, like it really messes me up that a drunken band of men... (laughs) just went and like murdered the last 40 or 50 of a, of a group of natives who were a completely peaceful tribe because they were they thought there was someone else um like that messes me up to know that you know and to have to go to the places where that actually happened and to heal those wounds myself and to feel those feelings and it's been really really hard and so we decided that the best thing you know for me to do in knowing that this was my journey here and that this was part of what we had to do to heal America and raise the vibration here, which is our home. And another important gateway of the planet and was to just focus full time on that. And so interestingly, you know, as I went more deeply into working on America, you know, before I made the decision to go fully quiet for a little while, the mind virus that had been put. Remember I told you about a mind virus a few segments ago? So the mind virus is still ongoing. All this is happening. And, you know, I'm watching the spiritual community of people that I had loved slowly become beaten down by it, as well as, you know, the increased poverty and just the stuff that was happening in the communities during COVID and the way people were treating one another and the hatred. And it became... A really heavy weight. And so I don't know if I said it, but I'll say it now. Sometimes when you hold the healing codes for people or you hold something that they view as a responsibility for themselves, they act really weird. And so there would be people that would be coming towards me to receive healing or to receive a part of themselves um, who, because of the work I was doing and what I was working on, were reacting really negatively towards me and actually were enacting a cycle of abuse towards me. And so for about six months, I took just an unbelievable amount of crap from people um, because I started wanting them to actually pay for what I was doing for them instead of just doing everything for free all the time because I'd like bills to pay crazy, right? I don't know. Anyway, um, I just decided that this was where we were at with humanity and that we were now healing the wounds of what happens to the feminine and what we were healing the wounds of what happened to the healing archetype. And that it might take a few years if I just, and my whole thing was, I'm not going to take this personal. At first I did take it personal. It really hurt my feelings to have invested as much time and energy and effort in people as I did. And for them to value me so little as a teacher and friend, and that was just really, I realized now the the mind virus that went in on people. And that's something that I think will heal in its own time. A lot of those people aren't around me anymore. And so, you know, I know sometimes people who listen to my podcast or think my courses are just for lightworking people. In fact, no, they're not. While those people would benefit for them, the people who resonate with what I say most now are just real world people who are out in the world doing it. It's like parents and kids and 
you know, just your normal casual average person because those people have received the benefit of all of our work. And so in the spiritual community, while there's this huge amount of pain and hardship going on that people aren't really willing to see, there's this other thing in the real world where the real world has healed beautifully and people are doing well and they care about their souls and they want to know what that is. And so really it was making the publication of Soul Compass and and so many real world people and none of the spiritual community caring about it that let me know that, oh my God, the transformation I had been waiting for, which was the real world was going to wake up. We're going to be able to talk about spirituality and the soul like on a regular everyday basis. It finally happened. Thus, the birth of Psychopomp Stories. So Snapshot, I guess at this point, you know, we walked the planet through some really hard configurations in particular this last year. And any of you who have been around and who have been listening to my astrology podcasts, the astrology podcasts and the early Crow Medicine music podcasts were the ones that I made during the times when things were extremely spiritually sketchy. And the reason I made them was because no matter what, I am still a psychopomp and I will always put information out there that people, the seekers, will find it and they will be able to know how to help themselves and how to heal themselves, you know? And during the time of the great attack, that was a very small amount of people. And now I'm so happy because I can see the people coming back, but it's not just one group of people, this, you know, spiritual elite group who were the people who only were the ones that knew or wanted to know about this. It's now people in the real world, the everyday world, which was actually what we were working for to shift the veil so that they would be able to see all of this, so they would be able to heal themselves, they would be able to see just how cool the planet is and how cool they are and the limitless capabilities and possibilities that exist in all of this. You know, it sounds like a really sad story and it sounds like a really hard time, but, you know, right now we are at the rebirth and we are at the moment and telling this story and and feeling safe and comfortable to and bringing it to this now, you know, as a psychopomp, I feel proud because the planet has made the journey. And the people are awake. And now the souls really will be safe and free, which is all that has ever mattered to me. <laughs> well, friends, now you know a little bit more about how I came to be me. As is clear through the course of these last two installments, being a psychopomp is something I've always been, and figuring that out has been a process. And this goes for pretty much anybody who's working on their soul identity. The act of becoming is something that we have to actively engage with, and it takes time and effort and conscious dedication to working towards ourselves to be able to do it. And for me, as is with most people, when you're not doing what your soul is meant to be doing and when you're not doing what is at your inner core essence as being, you just don't feel right. And when you do do what you're supposed to be doing and you do get into those alignments, unless you're in the circumstances where you're having a lot of really terrible negative attacks um, happen, usually things work out for the best. And so these days, I still maintain my gates all around the world. Just because I'm not able to travel right now doesn't mean that I don't do the same things that I have always done. And now I get the extra added flair of traveling through America and working the land here, just like I have been since 2017 on my first visit. 
And so if you have been inspired by this podcast and you would like to know a little bit more about how to take care of your soul, I would love you to buy my book, Soul Compass, Pathways to Conscious Self-Connection, or even better, to register for the online learning experience, Pathways to Conscious Self-Connection. I will affix both here. Now, I know that stepping into the learning is a little bit stressful for people. However, you may still like to support this podcast by way of sending in a gift or donation. I happily receive those to buy me a coffee slash crow medicine or to paypal.me slash Crow. These things cost money. And walking and doing the journeys that I have to do. Um, you know, I used to get a lot of community support in the old epoch from my people. And part of it was because I told stories like this. And so, yeah, if you feel like supporting me as I go about healing America, I love money. Please send some. <laughs> Otherwise, I will be back with a new installment of Crow Medicine. And from here on out, it's going to be a lot less I, 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 and more telling the stories of the land. Now, of course, as you're going to figure out, I have to actually go embody and live a lot of the energy. And I take a shit kicking sometimes. And that's all part of the fun, my friends. So like, subscribe, and stay tuned for more Crow Medicine. This is me, your girl, Katie Indy Crow. Thank you.